1: Good afternoon, my conscious co creators. Good morning, good evening, wherever and whenever you're listening to the show this week. Thank you for tuning in. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. It's one of those shows. It's one of those shows where it's just me and you. So, no guest, uh, it's just the two of us for the hour. So please, if you're listening live, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash talking alternative and, uh, join us for the conversation. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your questions. Happy to discuss with you anything related to our topic today that you'd like to bring up, um, which today is making the impossible possible. And this, uh, topic kind of came up when I decided, you know, the last show of the year, and this is my last live show, to do something, uh, to kind of do like a year in review of like what's kind of happened. But really, I was looking at what's the lesson to take in all of this. And so because there's some very unexpected things that happened this year, I decided on the theme, Making the Impossible Possible. But of course, first we have uh, my little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Uh, And this uh, week, and I think this is actually a very uh, good section to end the year on, is entitled To be honest with others, we must first be honest with ourselves. Being truthful is not about telling the truth to others. Being truthful is not not telling lies. Being truthful is about being honest with yourself. Now, before we can begin to be authentic in public, we must get into alignment within ourselves. How, for instance, can we speak truth to a tribe of followers if we do not even know it ourselves. Too many people say one thing in private and another in public. Regardless of the validity of the statements, if we are not sharing the same message in private and in public, we are not being truthful. Does this mean we have to tell everyone everything? No, of course not. What it means is that we are clear in our intent and with our presence. It means we are being the same person with our families, our friends, our business associates, and our tribe. Our essence is what matters. Our presence conveys our essence. Our words reflect our essence. The truer to ourselves about ourselves we are, the truer we can be with other people. Is there some place in your life you can be truthful to yourself? Can you see where you've been not completely honest with yourself? So, um trying to remember you, you know, there's so many uh sections of my book that i wrote at different times over the years but this one about being honest I, I believe this came about because of learning about certain teachers that i've worked with in the past who i learned were not being so honest Who appeared one way in public, but in private, there was something else going on entirely. And so it really kind of struck me that when we speak to people, when we talk to people about things, no, we don't always tell the truth 100% of the time. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but there are times, especially with family members, especially with friends, there are those little white lies or those things we just decide not to tell them, right? We, we don't have to lie. We can just omit the truth, and sometimes that's necessary for various reasons, But it's not really about what we say or what we don't say. It's really about being true to ourselves. If people know that we're kind, that we're compassionate, that we want the best for everyone, not just ourselves, then if we happen to make a mistake, or we don't quite tell the full truth about something, or we we just, you know, bend the truth a little bit because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings, and someone eventually finds out, you know, you can talk it through, you have to own up to it, but things will be forgiven because people understand our essence. They see who we are when we're being truly honest with who we are. See, the real challenge is when we're not being honest with who we are, when we're not truly being in alignment with ourselves. And you see that that is is a much greater challenge for us. Because when we're not in alignment with ourselves, Nothing's going to work right. Nothing is going to really make up for that lack of authenticity, that lack of alignment. But when people see us and we're really truly being ourselves and we're not being fake and we're not being phony and we're not putting on airs uh, because of... Whatever reason, sometimes to make ourselves feel better, sometimes to make others feel better. But when we're just being true to ourself, people feel it. They don't have to hear a word out of our mouths. How we show up with our presence, with our body language, with our energy, with small gestures. It actually speaks volumes. It actually says quite a lot about us. Do we keep up with our word? When we say something, do we follow through? And if we don't follow through, do we own up to it? And do we hold ourselves accountable for what we don't live up to? It's one of those things that I've learned over the years to really pay attention to when people say one thing and they don't follow up with it. It actually, uh, it actually makes things worse. I, 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 Remember this incident, and I've probably mentioned it before. That when my mom passed away, and I went to Israel for the funeral, and there was someone there who I hadn't really been keeping in touch with, but when I'd get to Israel, I'd, we'd talk on the phone, and you know, he had done some things here in the states that were very not good and and i you know had been working with him at the time i didn't really know what was going on and when he left it was felt like a betrayal and so i I would talk to him once in a while A, a mutual friend kind of put us back in touch when i went to israel once and we'd talk and in israel when when an, a family member passes away, especially an immediate family member passes away, there's this Jewish tradition we call sitting shiva, where you kind of stay home. People come and visit and they talk to you, and and it it's it's a very ingrained Jewish custom. And here in the United States, we do it too, but in Israel, it's a much more it's much more part of the society. It's much more something that's expected when you know somebody who, who's lost an immediate family member, you go and you visit them when they're sitting Shiva. And it was interesting how I had one person who I didn't really I knew, but I didn't know that well. We had met each other a couple of times who came from from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and, and visited me when I was sitting Shiva. And it meant so much to me that he came out, that he made the effort. I really didn't expect him to. But this other gentleman who I'd worked with here in the United States said, Oh, 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 I'll come. I'll come. I'll come making excuses. Oh, I can't come this day. Oh, I can't come that way. Oh, uh, 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 I'm sorry. I just can't make it today. Like maybe later today. No, he ended up not making it. And for me, that was sort of the end of my wanting to have anything to do with him. And it's not even so much because he didn't come and see me when I was sitting shiver for my mom. It was the way he did it. It was the, Oh, yes, I'm coming. Oh, yes, I'm coming. Oh, yes, I'm coming. And then never showing up. And then I realized how symbolic that was of the way he is and that. So often he would say things. Oh, let's get together for breakfast. Let's get together for lunch. And like, it would never happen. And how much he was really out of alignment with himself. And so because he was so out of alignment with himself, he was out of alignment with everyone else. And so I realized that as much as it was a hard lesson because you did have some beautiful gifts. No, I I have enough people in my life. I really don't have room for people who are, are so out of alignment that something's so important. They can't even live up to their word. Or they can't even say from the beginning... Hey, I wish I could come, it's too far, too much time, I got too much going on, I'm sorry, we'll we'll get together next time. Even that would have been better than, oh, I'm coming, oh, I'm coming, oh, I'm coming, and never showing up. So that, to me, is really the epitome of it. And I feel it's an important lesson for everyone. And yes, of course, sometimes we make promises. Sometimes we say things and we can't live up to them. It happens to all of us. It's not about being 100% perfect. We're all human beings. It's about do we own up to it when we don't live up to our word? Do we apologize? Do we make an effort? But most of all, are we internally in alignment With who and what we are. Because if we're internally in alignment with who and what we are. Then we naturally wouldn't say things. And if something unexpected comes up. Something beyond our control. Then people will understand. Because when we're in alignment. The vast majority of the time. We do live up to our word. Our, our actions do follow our words, and we don't say anything we don't really mean. So um, that's my take on this section of my book. To be honest with others, we must first be honest with ourselves. And again, um, that's from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, which you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com. That'll just take you straight to the Amazon listing. Um, but if you like going to and supporting independent bookstores, which I highly, highly recommend, we're in all the major distributors, so you can always ask them to order it for you. Everyday Awakening, You Are More Powerful Than You Know by Sam Leibowitz. So thank you. All righty. Um, we're going to go take a quick break. Ooh, 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 I see a couple of loyal listeners there. Celeste, oh, Celeste, thanks for joining us. And William, oh, good to see you, loyal listener, William. And then when we come back, we'll get into our topic of the day, which is making the impossible possible. This is kind of a a retrospective of 2022 for myself. And uh, I hope uh, some of this will resonate with you as well so everyone please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we do this every thursday here on talkradio.nyc at 12 noon eastern time and we're also airing every wednesday on kmet in uh, palm springs california at 10 a.m and we will be right back in just a
2: moment
1: Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. All right, time for us to get into the main topic of the day, which is making the impossible possible. And I'd like to kind of go over this topic by way of sort of talking about some of the things that's happened over the past 12 months and how I see it as making the impossible possible. So one of the things... And really, one of the big things, and I've talked about this before on the show uh, for myself, uh, well, before I get to that, at the beginning of the year, I was really being very open. I wasn't quite sure the direction I wanted to go in this year, how I wanted to develop things. Excuse me. Um with the business, with the radio station. And then I was at a virtual conference for the evolutionary business council, which I've been a member of for many years and I'm very active. I sit on the board and a gentleman by the name of amana guy uh, gave a talk and there was something he said that just really struck a chord with me. And I decided to start working with him. I, I, I actually I'd had him come. I had done a uh, weekend deep dive for the EBC where he came and spoke and he was very generous and gifted me into his program, but I never really took it. It's all about online course creation. And so I finally took the course in March and I decided to start working with him and joined his advanced program in April and, and took this course course that i had created a couple of years ago called podcast your passion and take it and sort of update it and and kind of follow his business model with it a bit and so i changed around the structure of the course i i i changed how i did it i got a few people to come and take my sort of beta relaunch, relaunch of it and i got tremendous testimonials great reviews people really liked the way i did and it was a lot of work. Um, and it was something I didn't really expect to be doing this year. But I saw a lot of potential, a lot of possibility in in doing this course and, and working it in with the with the business. Didn't really expect to be doing that. But also I didn't expect the community that I met through working with him, the fellow other entrepreneurs who were in his program and and some of the people who I really like and, and really connected with. And so it's just that sense of community sort of meant a lot to me. Now, one thing that's happened, and this is something I know, but oftentimes you know something But it's until you really experience it, sometimes you forget it until you experience it. And so what happened was I was putting my focus all on creating this course and launching it and trying to get people to come to the course. And I put all my focus on that and I forgot to really pay attention to the core business to pay attention to the radio station and keep talking to people and working to get people to join the station and because my energy was focused elsewhere things did not uh uh, go very well for the radio station let's just say we've consolidated a little bit which is okay but it got me to realize that really our focus and our energy when we not just divide it, but just shift it from one thing to another really does make a difference. Big difference. However, working with Iman has really opened me up to some new relationships, some new possibilities. And now I, I have something different I'm going to use as Model 4 for next year. And you'll hear me talking about it in, in the new year. Now. In the middle of all this, well, actually, even just before all this, I forgot, like one of the biggest events of the year for me was giving up our office space. You see, we had just signed a five-year lease for our office in September of 2019. That's right, like less than six months before the pandemic hit. And the reason we signed a five year lease, usually we do a two or three year lease is we had moved twice in two years. And I just felt like oh, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to move to the office again. It's an expense. We lose, you know, spend all this money each time. So we decided to sign a five year lease at this office space and it was great. We used it for six months. Then the pandemic hit. And with both what I do and what my wife does. You can't social distance in a small office. So we went all virtual like most people did. And it's so funny because I had resisted going virtual with the radio station for so many years because I just felt like it wouldn't be the same quality as doing it in studio. But somehow it worked. And not only did it work, more and more people came to, to work with me on it. But at the beginning of this year, both me and my wife decided, look, we're not planning on going back to being in person anytime soon. We're paying all this money each and every month for an office we're not using. Let's find a way to get out of it. So I went and I spoke with the landlord or the landlord's representative. And he was like, okay, you're going to, you got to do a buyout on the lease. I'm like, okay, what do I got to do to buy out the lease? He goes, well, you have to surrender your deposit. Which keep in mind is three months rent, plus pay us six months rent and we'll let you out of the lease. Like, this is crazy. I mean, it's nine months worth of rent for nothing, but we couldn't negotiate them down. So finally in February, at the end of February of this year, we, we moved everything out. And I have to tell you that month of February. I was working so hard to empty out the office. I really didn't think that we'd be able to get everything out, that we'd find places to put stuff. And it just amazed me how smoothly things went to get rid of the office space. We we posted flyers in the building. I put it up on social media. People would come, I sold stuff, I gave stuff away. And literally up until like the last day people came and took the last bookcase, there was only two pieces of furniture left that we broke apart. It was a desk and a table, and that was it. Everything else was gone. And I was really shocked. It was a lot of work. I mean, I was going there almost every other day and and working, packing things up, boxing stuff up. Um uh, and and i I ended up we ended up putting a lot of stuff in this storage locker that I have in another building of an apartment that that my sister owns um so I was able to use that storage locker but I, I was just shocked at how I was able to get rid of so much furniture and so much stuff and so that went so smoothly it I, I really surprised me, really amazed me and at the end of the month gave them back the keys. Gave them the last check. Done, done. And yeah, it cost a lot, but at least we're out of it. And we still had two and a half years to go on the lease, which we don't have anymore. So in the long run, we're saving a lot of money. And, you know, beginning of the year, I wasn't sure how we were going to get out of it. I didn't know if he would let us out of it. I didn't know if we were gonna have to, you know, declare bankruptcy or something in order to get out of it. So that was sort of the first big thing. Of making something that seemed, and this is the key word, seemed impossible, possible. And I want you to kind of think about that. Is how often in our life does something seem to be impossible, but actually turns out to be possible? So it wasn't really impossible. Just in our mind's eye we thought it was impossible. And so for me, that was just the first thing. And I know we're coming up on a break. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to take a pause there. And when we come back, I'm going to sort of continue my story of like, okay, we now we got rid of our office space. Now what? Now what was the next thing that sort of seemed impossible that turned possible? And uh I'll take you through the, the rest of it. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday at, on talkradio.nyc, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, of course, you can always catch us on demand and on all the podcasting networks. And let's not forget KMET out of Palm Springs, California. Very appreciative and grateful that they're carrying my show This year. So, everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a moment.
5: Are you passionate about the conversation around racism?
1: Welcome back to The Conscious Consultant, Our Awakening Humanity. So let's continue on our story. Um, So one of the things that after we got rid of the office that my wife and I decided is we would like to travel a little bit more. Now, the last couple of years, we've done a little tiny bit of traveling, but really not much traveling. And, and actually, uh, uh the end of. every time
0: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price
1: a, a short trip and i discussed all about it in shows earlier in the year to this island called Montserrat, and it wasn't it, w- it was a comedy of errors it was really uh, some ways a nice experience other ways w- w- was a really hard experience and so um, we, we decided to take a trip to the Caribbean island in May, and that went really, really well. But uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, a friend of my wife's uh, told her had, had started to found this website and had started to do this thing where she would pet sit for people in other places and it was sort of an exchange where you would stay in their home keep an eye on their animals and take care of them and while they're away and then they come back and you move on and so her friend had started doing it and was going several different places and so we thought we would try it out and, and maybe we'd try and do something so we initially did a little uh, pet sitting in in april i think after the winter time we just wanted to get out of new york city for a little while You know, being in New York City in the heart of Manhattan throughout the whole pandemic has been challenging, not in an overt way, but in a subtle way. And I think after two years, we both started to sort of feel the stress of that. And so we did this one little uh, uh, pet sit up in Vermont for one week up in uh, Burlington, Vermont. And it was really nice. I mean, it was cold, even snowed one time. This was in April. Um, But it was still nice just to be out of the city and to be in some place, you know, surrounded by nature and a more natural environment. And it was a beautiful little cat, Bella, a little tuxedo cat, black and white cat. And so it was really nice to do that. And after that, we thought, well, let's, let's try and do something like that for the summertime. And at first, we we we. my wife was the one mostly, and we were applying, you know, you kind of apply for different positions, but we only had that one sort of review now that we did. But it was a good review. We did a good job. And this one possibility came up for staying at this uh, couple's house in the middle of California, in the hills of California, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They were going away for, I think, like six weeks, maybe at the time. So we thought, oh, we'll just go out. We'll just do that. Um, they didn't have any, they were taking their dogs with them. We really just had to feed the birds and take care of the grounds and the property really looked like a, a really nice opportunity. Um, and it looked, and we had a couple of calls with them, you know, video calls and it seemed like, you know, they were going to give us the the opportunity and then it fell through that they, they met somebody who had family locally in the area and they decided, well, that would probably be a better fit for them. And so we were kind of disappointed because it looked like a real nice opportunity. Now, keep in mind that, although I've been to California many times, I have lots of friends in California. I like California. My wife had only been there, I think once, with a friend before we were married for a conference and she didn't really go around and see that much. So she never really liked California. So it's like I had to do a little convincing to say, oh, let's let's try and get to California this summer. But that one fell through. Um but they were a couple was very, very nice about it. Oh, and then there was another possibility up in Connecticut where we decided not to take that one. It's just a little challenging situation um but they were so nice and they said oh there's this other website which which you can also get pet sitting opportunities and so they gave my wife this other one and she set a profile on it and it was so fascinating that this couple actually reached out to her like we didn't even get a chance to apply or maybe we did apply for something but didn't come through and so this couple reached out to us and said hey my husband and I are going to go away for 4 weeks. Would you be willing to watch our two dogs in San Diego when we go away in the San Diego area? Um and so we 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 talked with them online. We said sure and we thought, okay, great. We'll we'll go to San Diego and spend a month there and come back. Well, what happened? After that, I happened to be in a meeting, a virtual meeting with with people I know. And I mentioned, oh, you know, I'm doing this. And, and this was a meeting for people who had gone through Amon's class. So, you know, I'm trying to tie it back to Amon's class. And these are people that we knew each other from before. And we decided to get together once a week and or once every other week and help each other. And so i mentioned what we're doing what me and my wife are doing and one of the people in the meeting was like oh i need to go to germany to see my my husband's family this summer would you be willing to come up to berkeley and watch our little dog for a month like berkeley a month sure so all of a sudden from being away from one month to two months like, wow. And then I said to my wife, I go, you know, I have a ton of friends up in Vancouver. I was there for a weekend before a workshop. I really didn't get to see it. It's supposed to be so beautiful. Let's go to Vancouver from Berkeley and we'll figure out what we're going to do. And she said, okay. So what initially started off as just getting away from the city for a month turned into getting away from the leaving the city for a total of three months. And for me, this was a brand new experience because I've only never been away from home more than three weeks, probably at the most, three and a half weeks at the most at one time. And not only that, I've always wanted to see what it's like to live someplace else. I'm a native New Yorker. I've lived in in and around New York City my entire life. But when i was much younger i always thought i'd end up living somewhere else i always thought you know somewhere else away from the city but one thing after another kind of kept me here so when this opportunity came up it was like oh like i'm actually going to get to live in another place in someone else's house i mean yeah we're kind of visiting it's not permanent but We're not staying in a hotel the whole time. We're living in someone's house. We're going to local grocery stores, eating out at the local restaurants, really like getting a feel for what it's like to live someplace else, which was a whole new experience for me. And believe me, I never imagined in a million years that we even could go away for three months at a time. And the truth is if our businesses hadn't been virtual and if we hadn't gotten rid of the office, We never would have been able to do it, but because of the pandemic and because of it sort of forcing us to take our businesses virtual, we were actually able to do this and keep working. We went away for three months. It wasn't a three month vacation. We worked through almost all the time. I mean, yeah, we took a few days off here and there, but but really we were working every week. And so this was something, again, that something that, that would have been impossible three, four years ago for us to even consider became possible this year. Now, we did have to be open to the opportunity. We did have to be open to the idea of taking care of someone else's pets. Now, keep in mind, we don't have pets. We don't have a cat. We don't have a dog. You know, I've never really had a dog. When I was younger, I had a cat. um, But I never really had to take care of a dog. And when we went to San Diego, these were not just two dogs. These were two big dogs, an Airedale and a black lab. And so it was kind of like our our first really big uh, uh, pet sitting adventure was was like being thrown into the fire. It was like, you know, here's like the, the, the tough one right away. And so... And learned a lot from it, and everything after that was 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 a breeze. And you know, the funny part is, the couple was so nice, and we really connected with them, and they were very appreciative. And when they came back, they saw the house was in really good shape, and and the and the and the dogs were good. They were like, "Oh, it, it, if we go away again, would you be interested in coming back?" And my wife at first was like, "Man, I don't know." I was like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." And they just recently contacted us and said, hey, we're thinking of going away in January for four weeks. Would you be interested in coming back? We've moved into a new house. We're now in Del Mar instead of Encinitas. And I'm like, well, I got a conference at the end of January in San Diego. I, I would be interested in doing it. And I spoke to my wife and we got to get back to them. But it looks like we're going to go back to San Diego for a month in January from New York City. Not a bad gig. Getting away from New York City in like the coldest month of the year and going to a place like the San Diego area, I can deal with that. And that's because of the relationship we developed with the couple and because we did such a good job taking care of everything. I never would have imagined that I would have friends on the other side of the country that I'd keep in touch with and take care of their dogs for them. And as much as the Airedale is likes to bark a lot, and they can get very excited easily, I, I still like the dogs. When when I when I was out walking them, I don't know. There's just something about walking two big dogs as a man. It just feels really good. So that was another something that seemed impossible that was made possible. And then I had. One other really significant event that happened this year that for me was another instance of something that in the past seemed impossible, but was made possible this year. And I'll tell you all about that when we come back. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour. It's just me and you for the hour. So if you're listening live on the YouTube stream, please put your comments in. Celeste, I'm really glad that you uh, enjoyed the part that you listened to and uh, hope you'll come back and and listen again. And we will be right back and we'll finish up the show, our last live
4: show for the year in
1: just a moment. last segment of the last live show of 2022. So another significant thing that really happened this year, and it really, the way the whole thing happened just really surprised me. So as many of you know, I I do this ceremonial work. On weekends, and I hold groups now and then, actually have a group this weekend. And the mentor I've been working with for the last five years or so, we've never really had a good relationship. We always kind of butt heads, and I never really understood why. I mean, from my perspective, I knew why I didn't like working with him. I never really got why he always seemed to be so difficult and why he seemed to not to like to work with me. But he was the only mentor in this lineage in New York city area. So I really didn't have much of a choice. Um, and then when the pandemic came and we started to do things virtually, um, I, I worked with him and now, I don't know, maybe it was a little bit easier and not having to see him in person, but then I I graduated and I didn't have to uh, be doing things uh, with him so directly anymore and started holding my own groups. But then in the spring of this year, he started giving me a hard time about not having seen me now things were opening up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going away for three months. I'm not going to be in New York City. I I I don't know what to tell you, and and he said, "Well, you know, I'm not going to allow you to keep doing groups if you if I don't see you." And I just, after all this time, and and after really doing everything he had asked me to do, I said, "No way." And I went and spoke to the woman who's in charge of facilitators, and I said, "I need to work with another mentor. This is not going to work for me." And it turned out that one of my friends um who i've been doing this work with for the last eight and a half years who was there at my very first ceremony that just recently just this past year he had become a mentor himself and he's out in new jersey and i thought great i want to work with this guy i know him we know each other we have a relationship we understand each other and she said okay and so then he became my new mentor And he said, you know, Sam, before you go away, it would be really good for me to see you. He didn't say, I have to see you. He didn't say, I got to see you or else. He just said it would be really good if you could. He invited me. And so the thing is, is is the only thing coming up was Memorial Day weekend. He was doing a a group down in Miami. And I said, okay, I, I cashed in some frequent flyer mileage points, booked a flight down to Miami and and assisted and participated in his in ceremony down in Miami. And I have to tell you, it was such a homecoming for me. I could feel what a heart-centered space he was holding. There were several other people there. And actually, the person who had invited me into this work, he used to be up here in New York. He moved down to Florida. He, he was in Miami. He was actually there. So there were like three or four people that I knew that it was such a wonderful feeling. I felt like, oh my God, I made such the right decision to work with this person, to leave the other mentor. And three years ago, I couldn't I couldn't have done it. I mean, first of all, he wasn't a mentor back then, but but just The the environment and now with things being so virtual and being able to do stuff, it just seemed impossible. I didn't know what to do. And not only now it was possible, now I had an alternative. But it was the best alternative for me, I felt. Those who know me know I'm a very heart-centered person. I don't do well under harsh criticism. I'm the kind of guy, you know, I may make mistakes, but you keep supporting me. I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll do better. And for so long, it just seemed impossible that I would be able to work with another mentor. Also, I'd worked with him for so long, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to start over again if I work with someone else, and it'll be another God knows how many years. But thankfully, it's not. And, and it was another case of really the, the things that seemed impossible made possible. And, and even up to recently, even up to just this last week, my wife and I have a very close friend who lives upstairs from us who's also Chinese like my wife. And like two years ago, and and she's an American citizen, even though her family's in China, most of her friends are in China. But when the lockdown happened and COVID happened, they weren't allowing foreigners back into China. And her mom's health took a turn for the worst. And she was really concerned about her family and wanted to get back and there's no way to do it. And then her mom had a, a medical incident and they got the doctor. To write a special letter, and she was able to apply for a special visa and go back home so she could be with her family. The only thing is, she couldn't leave the country because if she left at the time, she wouldn't be able to get back in. So she's literally been away for two years. And she's like my wife's best friend. She's a very good friend of myself. We haven't seen her for two years. We had no idea when we were going to see her. And, you know, of course, I want her to be happy. I want her to be with her family, but, you know, I missed her too. And so we found out just like a couple of months ago that she was able, she was going to be coming back, that she had a, a business dealings with her boyfriend that she was going to do. And so she came back we, we, when she initially came back like a month ago, we just saw her for like a few minutes and then they were off and running and going across the United States, all these business meetings. But this past week they were back in New York and, uh, And so we had an opportunity to spend some time with them last weekend and saw them last night. And they're leaving today, actually, to go back to China. But again, another incidence of no idea, no idea when we're going to see our friend. And and really like our best friend. You know, my wife's and I really best friend. No idea when we're going to see her now. We had a chance to see her, and now it turns out she got a jury duty notice, so so she's going to come back in May because she's going to have to do jury duty for a day. So now we know at least, oh, okay, we'll see her again in May. But it's just so funny how in our minds we build up these expectations, and we build up these things that make stuff seem impossible. We can't see, no idea, no way, how can we move forward or how can something happen? And so here's really the trick. Here's the secret. Here's the clue to pay attention to of how to make the impossible possible. The first thing is to know that nothing is truly impossible. Things may be very unlikely, but very unlikely and impossible are two different things. And also, sometimes things might be impossible the way we want them to happen, the way we want it to unfold, but it doesn't mean it's impossible altogether. So the way to make the impossible possible is just to be open to the possibility that it can happen in some way, shape, or form. I had no idea I'd be able to spend three months on the West Coast this summer. No idea I'd be able to get rid of the office. No idea these opportunities that would show up. No idea the things now that we're working towards and planning for next year. No idea that, that they would even be possible. But I'm open. But I'm willing to be present to what life will bring me. And I'm willing to at least say there's some possibility. And, you know, oftentimes, you've probably heard me say it on the show before, I believe the universe has a much better imagination for my life than I do. That's one of the reasons why I always try and stay open. So next year, what's impossible? I have no idea. So funny, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who says, like, so where are you going to be in 10 years? I'm like, 10 years? I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. Because life can take me to amazing new places, and things that I thought were impossible yesterday can be very possible tomorrow. So think about what in your own life? Do you feel is so impossible? Oh, I can't imagine. How can this happen? You know what? Don't worry about the how. This is really what I've learned throughout this last year. Do not worry about the how. Leave that up to the universe, to life, to God, whatever word you want to use for it. Leave it up to life to figure out the how. Just focus on the what. What impossible thing would you love to see happen this coming year? What would lift up your spirits? What would open your heart? What would make you feel so juiced and turned on and excited for life? Just focus on the what. Don't worry about the how. Now, this is not to say you shouldn't take action. It's not to say that if you can figure out the how or if you can see a how way, go for it. But I wouldn't put too much emphasis on it because the how will show up. And it may not show up the way we expect it to show up. may not look the way we expect it to look, which is why I say just say yes to life. Know what makes you feel amazing. Know what opens up possibilities for you. Know what just feels right. And again, going back to the idea of being honest with ourselves. Know really being truly honest with ourselves. What do we love? What do we like? Hold that in our hearts and hold that as our possibility. And give it time. Hold it loosely. Don't hold it tightly. Hold it loosely. And the how will show up. So thank you, my loyal listeners. I see Patty catching the tail end. Thanks, Patty, for tuning in the last little bit. Thank you all. I so appreciate you all. Please share. If you're watching the video, share the video with your friends. Share it on your social media platforms. Encourage people to subscribe. The more people that subscribe to the channel, the more people will see it. Thank you all. It's been a wonderful year I've spent doing these amazing shows with you. I have amazing people coming on my show next year. It's going to be a really fun year. I hope you'll continue to stay tuned. And remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc or on any of the major podcasting platforms Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. And if is a favorite podcasting platform we're not on, let me know. We'll get on it. From my heart to your heart, I am wishing you all an amazing New Year's Eve, a tremendous start to the new year. And I will see you and talk to you in 2023. Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of the year.
8: American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA, so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.